Welcome back to number 17 of the rap. 17's quite a big number, don't you think, Andy? Sweet 17. Sweet, sweet 17. Sweet 16 plus one. Plus one. We've just got me and Andy on today, a dynamic duo, a duo that's um, quite popular. I don't know if we've had just us before. It's been, oh, we had, had one on the couch. We, we had one on the couch, it got very intimate. Now we're looking right into each other's eyes for the whole podcast, so it's going to mm. get intimate again. So for those listening, we're doing, uh, we're, we're making the rap from number 17 onwards, just an audio only, I believe. Just because I think it'll make our lives a lot easier here at uh, the Carnage House to release more different types of content. Because when the creators, uh, being um, Andy, yours truly, Alex, among others, uh, have to sit at home and do the editing of such a long video, which, which often goes for almost an hour. Uh, it means we don't have the same ability to create different types of content because between the editing and the uploading, it takes up quite a few hours during the week. So hopefully with just the audio only of the rap, it means we can create some more niche content, looking at doing a lot more uh, YouTube videos, which like might be related to current events. I'm looking to start doing some book reviews and stuff as well. It just gives us a lot more time and energy to spend on niche content. But that being said, when we have when we do interviews with people, uh, still going to do the filming because I think that they can be um, they can be quite helpful. And I think for the rap, it's often for people on their way to work, people going about their daily business. They can just put put the rap on, um, just to just to catch up with the news. And so I think in the pure podcast format is what's going to suit the rap best. What do you think about that, Andy? Look, mate, it might seem a little bit selfish, but I think it's a very good idea. I think. Um even though we are compromising slightly on the rap, it does mean we can open up to so many more areas. We, we can, can open a lot more, more doors. Look, Dumbledore, one... Hodor, Mordor. <laughs> Give me any door, wraps in four. <laughs> Shocking. Okay, so that's what we're going to do, and that's the plan. Um, okay, now back to the show with uh, some wrong opinions and some open to new opinions. Uh, and you know what, today we've got some quite interesting stories. So we've got a domestic story, uh, an international story. Donald Trump will make a feature, God bless that man. The, uh, been the ass kicking, uh, swamp draining, wall building superhero that- uh, flying, limousine riding. <laughs> the man who said to, to steal your girl. So Andy, what do we always start with? Look, it's a fan favourite. It's a uh, staple of the rap. Jumping to conclusions, paying homage to the wives, to the girlfriends, who, without no facts, without no logic, they come in there trying to search through your phone, through your messages, maybe jumping to conclusions. They have been jumping to conclusions. And what's yours for this week? This week, uh, somewhat of an odd one, actually. I'm not sure how to go down, but... Uh, it's that wood chopping is the most empowering male exercise. Is it? It really is. I was uh, spent a little bit of this long weekend up the coast with some buddies, did some wood chopping, and I'm a new man after it. You felt like it, it gave you a big uh, a big surge in the masculinity department. Yeah, it did. It really did. So um, that's my that's my conclusion. Well, you know what? I'm just happy to to let you have it on this one, especially because well, we don't have a judge. I'm happy just for Andy well, to go and explore this one. Well, how end. about you float yours first? <laughs> no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. save it. I'm going to save it for next time. Well, I think this could be three wraps in a row where it's me, so you're going to have to step your d- 
damn gamer. All right, well, next time you might be hearing from me, unless Andy comes up with another... Uh, would you say this one's toxic masculinity? Because that might have been your first jumping to conclusion, About that the gym. gym was the bastion no, of toxic one, masculinity. This one is uh, positive masculinity, I think. This is positive masculinity? Positive mas- Look, I think most forms of masculinity are positive. Uh, toxic masculinity is something that is... It's a discussion for another day. Discussion um, for another day is what it could be. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump right in to Annika Smethurst. Is that her name? Well, and well yeah. Who is... Who, what's, what's the story? So... Morning Glory. Nice one. <laughs> nice little joke there, dude. Uh, so this week, uh, the AFP, Australian Federal Police, conducted two raids on journalists. Um, the first one being on News Corp journalist Annika Smethurst. And the second one being on uh, some ABC journalists. Uh, so the first... I might send a message to Annika. See yeah. if she'd, uh, she she'd come on the carnage house. Come on the carnage house. Give a, chuck in her two cents. Mm. Uh, we'd probably end up being on an AFP database if that happened. They went through a, a phone. Mate, no uh, doubt emails. we already are. Look, we no got doubt the, we already we are. That, it's one We're of dangerous. The, the We're pitfalls, dangerous. The pitfalls of such clout. Is the really, deep states already on us? They're already on us. So uh, before we actually get into the raids themselves, we'd like to look at why. Uh, like why what was did actually they get in, raided for? Yeah, why were they actually raided? What was in the stories that they did as journalists that meant that the AFP thought they could raid them? Um, so Annika, Miss Smethurst, uh, reported on a top-secret r- proposal suggesting the new Home Affairs Agency was seeking a dramatic escalation of spying powers, which had already been hinted at during the Snowden leak. Um, in the story, the denials focused around the suggestion, paraphrased in the 2018 article. So the article was actually over a year ago, and they're only really ratting her now, which is something that's quite odd. Um, but it said that the powers will allow the ASD, which is the Australian Signals Directorate, to access Australians' digital digital communications and bank records. Um, something that we that I think is a serious stretch. Um, but yeah, that's the that's pretty much the Smethurst thing. So she got her home raided as she was about to head off to work at News mm. Corp. Her phone, uh, her emails, mm. all searched through by the AFP in that regard on mm. Wednesday, I think it was. Well, let's talk a bit about that before we do the next one. Because yeah. as far as I can tell, what this is, it's a, it's a move to intimidate any journalist, uh, including the Carnage House, who wishes to report uh, on things which might be embarrassing to the deep state, to those people who are doing things in the government without your consent, who are going and invading other countries, who are trying to control the media narrative and who are, who, who are trying to scare us into, um, into following what, what they want us to do, Right. So in this case, you've got the journalist who wrote, who, who who did the article a year ago, right? And this is it's the crimes of the Australian government in this case are the same as uh, as what we found out in America um, with with the Snowden leak about the NSA that was was spying on um, uh, Americans and their, and all their digital communications, their text message, their Facebook, their Instagram, um, their you know, getting their bank records. And I think this, the, the thing about this proposal is that, like, the government can already spy on you if they if they go and get a warrant, right? If it gets approved by the court, if you're under significant suspicion for being a terrorist, the, the government actually has to then go to a court and the court will either approve or not approve the warrant. Um, but I think in this case, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, the controversy about the proposal was that it would allow 
the federal police and whoever else, ASIO, to bypass uh, the courts and not get a warrant. Is that correct? That is my understanding of it, my somewhat limited understanding. And so so what that means is that you have totally unrestricted power of the people in like ASIO, in uh, in like the federal police, which is the new uh, like home affairs. Yeah, and it's the same. It's the same thing uh, as what happened in America, and and what it shows is is a vast overreach of governmental power. it sh- they shouldn't be allowed to do it, um, but none they are, nonetheless they are. And the reason why is because <clears throat> at any stage in history, even if you think you're in a really good country, if you're in like or you've got a really good government, you're only one generation away from tyranny, right? You're only one generation away from having you know some maybe economic collapse, some like huge pressure on the on the country. You might get like some terrible person who comes into government, someone who wants to assume like all authoritarian power. Uh, and if you've already laid out the mechanisms through which they can impose like a tyranny and like a terrible society, then at that point we're all left. So it's in all our best interest to prevent that worst case scenario from happening um, because if anything uh, the 20th century can tell us, uh, it's that uh, big governments will commit the crimes against the people rather than uh, other governments. Um, And um, what I'm saying is that we should limit the government power so that it's as a preventative measure to prevent the worst case scenario, which we've seen so many times over and over again. But what I would say more directly about this case is that when the federal police come in and search your your house for like six to eight hours, they want to find stuff out about the case. Um, But if they find you've done anything else, like a little bit illegal, like let's say you have a little bit of drugs in your house, uh, let's say, um, you know, you've done other minor, like illegal things which aren't related, that's what the police would go and bust you for and send you to jail, right? So they're looking to get anything they can on this person. And if they can find anything, like any tax avoidance, any um, like any stuff like that, they'll, they just want to find something to send you to jail. And because they have that power, they can just go and search wherever they want. Um, that's what they can do. Uh, and I wouldn't like, this is what allegedly happens a lot is when the police want, want to pin something on someone, they might go and plant something in there. And I'm not saying this happened today or, or happens a lot, but w- when the police have that power, there's nothing stopping them like, um, putting a little bit of drugs in someone's house and pretending to find it or putting a gun in somewhere where it shouldn't be and pretending to find it or putting, um, some types of illegal stuff on a person's computer and then pretending to find it. Um, so that that's really what can happen and what, what we should be sceptical about whenever there's like a government overreach. If the government was embarrassed about something, they're trying to get something back. Yeah, well, my understanding of the legal system is that the New South Wales police can't do that. Um, I think it's if that did, did happen, it would be more an AFP issue. Um, mostly because, especially in this instance, they've acted independent of the of the government. So Peter Dutton, who's the Home Affairs Minister, got asked, like, it got started grill, being grilled about it, right? And he said... I didn't know about it. They told me about the warrants being executed after they already did it. Um, in the New South Wales, uh, in the Evidence Act, in the Law Enforcement Powers and Responsibility Acts, which have uh, both been part, which were both passed uh, years ago, um, it's my understanding that if they like do find some drugs uh, on a warrant, which like if they didn't go in with the warrant for drug use, then they can't pin someone for that. Is my understanding of it. It probably does happen, but. That's my understanding of the law in theory. Also, back onto the case of like government spying, which this is what it was about. 
you are joking if you don't think to yourself that the government is spying on you or your devices are spying on you. And from like the devices, like the people who own the iPhones or own Facebook or whatever, selling that to whoever. Amazon Alexa. Yeah, Amazon Alexa, perfect example. Yeah. Um, personally, uh, my anecdote, anecdotal evidence from this is that uh, one of my buddies um, went to an after footy function at the Blue Gum Hotel. The f- he mentioned the Blue Gum Hotel once. Um, Probably a really nice establishment. I wouldn't know. I haven't been there. But uh, he mentioned that on Monday, on Monday morning, coming to school after, like, we're just talking about the weekend, that Monday afternoon, I had an Instagram ad from Blue Gum Hotel. Um, it's, it's rife, right? I'm sure most people can see, like, oh, I talked about buying this product. And then the next day on my Facebook, it came up. Like, exactly what I was looking for, exactly what I was thinking of. So if you don't think that your devices, and hence mm. the government is spying on you, for like whatever reason, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, um, well, there was um, in America, uh, there was like a murder case and the judge in someone's house, right? And, and in the house they had like Amazon Alexa. So then the judge ordered the Alexa tapes be brought in, right? So anytime the government actually wants to hear what's going on in your house, if you have like Amazon Alexa, or even like probably, they Google, might be doing Google it through your phone or like yeah. Google, like the Google ones as well. Like all that stuff is used by the deep state to, to spy on you. Yeah. Um, can't trust it a bit. Siri, mate, can I tell you, if you do the voice recognition on Siri, the, the deep state will know wherever you are if you open your mouth. Mm. Um, you know, they've they're, they're spied on us all over the place. Now, this is, but the interesting thing is that it's often the laws, right? It's, it's the laws that stop that do their best to stop the government from, from overreaching, right? That's why we like the American Constitution. That's why we like the idea of limited government. Um, and that's why we should be concerned about the, uh, and naturally protective of the journalist who was exposing that in the first place. Now, the obvious thing is that the whole of Australia is getting very worked up and protective of this journalist, or at least a lot of Australia is, um, while at the same time, we've had an Australian journalist who did the same thing rotting in the Ecuadorian embassy and now in a, in a British jail, as far as I'm aware. But it's too far away for us to be concerned, so we may as well not do it anything about it. a bit um, too far away. But, um, yeah, Scott Morrison was grilled about this, um, and he said, well, if they're acting within the laws, then that's... Uh, which he was under the understanding that they did, um, then that's But didn't they... Fine. Yeah, but the thing is they tried, it was, they, they tried to change the laws so they didn't have to get a warrant or whatever. So yeah. then technically everything would be in the law if yeah. that law was passed yeah so it's um it's very it's it's murky i would say the, yeah the, the, the so the, I, we can nominate uh, australian federal police well uh, and well we'll do the second story yeah, let's do yeah. the second well, story first the second part of this was that the day after the abc uh headquarters was raided in regard to some more videos which are which would be very embarrassing to the government had they um, been released or not they were no they were classified documents leaked to the abc which were reported on um, which in the uh, documents there were sort of two different incidents in which children had been killed in Afghanistan by Australian special forces of, uh, special forces officers. Um, the first of which being uh, a boy who was shot dead um, in a local village. His name was Khan Muhammad, and uh, the source uh, the document said that there was no obvious insurgent activity in the area at the time, and the patrol had not been fired upon prior to the boy's death. The killing was allegedly never reported up the chain of command and was never the subject of any inquiry. Uh, Defence has confirmed to the ABC it has no record of civilian casualty occurring in that area at that time. So uh, what, that's one incident of uh, the Australian Special Forces 
sort of not being held accountable, uh, having no transparency in what they're doing and not owning up to a heinous crime which needs to be, like, judged on. Um, mm. We understand that Special Forces officers are always in sort of the heat of battle, especially when they're touring places like Afghanistan. But if you're trained and you're out there, you should have the uh, an onus on you to be acting the right way. Um, we Obviously, we don't know all the details around this at the moment, but from what it seems like now, uh, a gross misjustice was carried out there. Um, and mm. there was a second... Um, a second case surrounding the death of a man named Bismillah Azadi and his son Sadiqullah. Probably good job, that, Andy. That uh, that that annunciation um, in an Australian raid in September 2013, where the man and a, his son were shot and killed by Australian SAS troopers, who were cleared uh, by a subsequent investigation after claiming that the man had pointed a pistol at them. Um, the man's cousin. Uh, said that that wasn't true, um, that he had met with five or six of the Australian soldiers who were shaken and apologised, um, who confessed it was a grave mistake um, and that they uh, he, he was telling them that they, he didn't have a gun or even a knife on them and they didn't refute that. They didn't dispute it when he was telling them about it. So it's sort of... It's a somewhat he said, she said at the moment in regard to what the facts of that one was. But another one where there's obviously an issue there that needs to be investigated in regards to the death of civilians um, by Australian Special Forces officers, which didn't happen. Um, there's more documents that were leaked which talk about problems of like an organised culture and a warrior culture within uh, Australian Special Forces officers. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, um, first thing I'd say is I'm not here to knock on the army overall or probably the special forces overall. So I feel like most of them are probably doing, a, you know, take their work really seriously um, and are out there trying to defend Australia. Um, and they do a lot of stuff that I, you know, I couldn't do, Andy couldn't do. Um, they see a lot of stuff which we don't see. Uh, they know a lot of stuff which we don't know. But that being said... Um, it's not really surprising, right? When you send people to war, uh, you send them to go and kill a whole lot of people in a different country. It's not surprising when they kill people uh, who who aren't supposed, you know, aren't supposed to be in, in battle um, per se. Um, and it's like we we do need to wait for all the details to come out. But you know, it's if 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 you got thousands of soldiers in a different country where the kind of terms of the engagement is a bit weird. Nobody actually knows what we're doing in the Middle East. I don't know what type of rules they have governing their own actions there. Um, and it wouldn't. it's not surprising that you'd get a few mad like people in there on a power trip who kind of would enjoy going and killing um, a civilian or, or make a sport out of it or whatever. Like that's, that's not something we should really be surprised about. Um, because when you have that many Australian troops over there and that many defenceless citizens, um, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, and people might be like a bit mad and a bit effed up before they get into the military, but they're probably going to be a lot more effed up after they do a couple tours around Afghanistan, after they've, you know, had to shoot and kill like a bunch of uh, terrorists and or, after or and after their buddies have been shot at and killed. Um, you know, there's no doubt they would have probably seen 
uh, their buddies die by people who are pretending to be civilians um, who, who go and end up being a suicide bomber or, um, you know, they're, they're actually holding a grenade which they're going to throw. Like, that stuff happens as well. Um, so maybe it's like a little revenge thing on a civilian. But at the end of the day, it, it can't happen. Um, but we shouldn't really be surprised that it's happening while we have troops over in that country. Yeah, I think we can... I agree completely on that one. Um, it's tough, seriously, seriously tough job. Um, much respect to all the soldiers over there. Um, okay, so I'm going to say yeah. we can nominate the uh, Australian Federal Police and maybe almost as a... We can nominate ScoMo and Dutton just for having no idea. Um, probably not actually having no idea, but pretending to have no yeah. idea. And a discussion for a different point is how uh, independent should the AFP be? Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're the Minister for Home Affairs and the AFP is under your umbrella, uh, a la Peter Dutton, how the hell do you not know about the AFP doing raids on journalists? Yeah. And something that should be integral yeah. to our Wouldn't damn that have society. Been on the desk? Should Someone be should on be the getting desk. fired if he didn't know. Yeah. Well, he should be even getting fired if he didn't know. We've got to protect the journalists. Okay, we do need to protect the journalists. Um, okay, now the international story. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about what's happened with Trump and Mexico. There's been uh, had a diplomatic explosion over the past week, um, and there's, there's a few different few different things going on. But overall, as usual, it was a big win for the Don and the. He just, uh, he just doesn't hold establishment. Any else. Almost getting tired of winning. Okay. His name should be so, Donald Trump. Trump was getting fed up, right? Trump was getting fed up with illegal immigration, people coming across the border. He's trying to build the wall. He's trying to do a whole lot of things, but this illegal immigration thing keeps happening. And it's actually ramped. It's, it sometimes has uh, been reportedly ramped up because they know the wall's coming and they know that uh, Trump might win in 2020. Uh, he might get more seats. And so they're, they're saying, if we only got another little while before, before we can cross the border, we've got to get in now. So... There's still quite a lot of illegal immigration happening as far as I can tell. And so Trump, who was sick of the uh, conventional diplomatic routes, routes, uh, said that he, well, he threatened uh, on Twitter, right? You know, the uh, diplomatic avenue of choice for, for, for Don. He threatened to slap uh, 5% tariffs on all Mexican goods coming into America from Monday, right? From Monday. If uh, Lopez Obrador, probably didn't pronounce that right, who's the, the head of Mexico, did not do more to tighten his country's borders, right? Now, that's in the context of Mexico sending about 80% of its exports to the US, which gave Trump a lot of leverage to put pressure on Mexico, right? Um, so what Trump wanted was he wanted Mexico to actually uh, police their own border with America, America's southern border, Mexico's northern border, um, to stop the illegal immigrants coming into America, so then, I think uh, over the past 24 hours, um, Trump announced that the US and Mexico had struck a deal to avert the tariff. Under the deal, Mexico agreed to expand the asylum program called Remain in Mexico. Uh, and Obrador's government also committed to deploying security forces to stem the flow of migrants from Central America. So what Remain in Mexico means is that you can go to the Mexican border uh, with America, you can try and register for asylum, um, but until that claim gets processed, you're not coming in. In a similar to, I guess, to kind of offshore detention in Australia. Um, but the, the thing is, and why this is important, is because when, when illegals get, illegal immigrants cross the Me uh, Mexican-American border, 
and they get uh, captured by like the border guard or whoever, there's this policy called catch and release, right? Um, where they catch them, they document them, take their name if they have any papers. That's if, if they catch them and they, and they often don't catch them. Yeah. And then they let them go back into America. So they've crossed the border, the border agents catch them and then the policy is they have to let them go in America and they give them a date. They say you have to appear in court in this date, right? Now, because the court system is so clogged up, the date is often two or three years down the line, right? But even if the date was next week, what do you think the illegal immigrants going to do considering their claim is probably not, you know, meets the criteria for asylum? Well, they're just going to be undocumented. They're just going to go on for the rest of their life undocumented uh, and live in an American town uh, or live in an American city or, or, or what have you, right? So this catch and release thing where everyone's pretending that these illegal immigrants are just going to show up for court in three years, uh, Donald's saying, no, we're not going to have that. You can stay in Mexico until your claim gets processed. And then if it does get passed, uh, you can come to America. So not only will that take a lot of stress out of the American like um, system, like the people who will go to like public hospitals and like public schools and stuff like that, um, who, who aren't registered, um, but it'll also be like a preventative measure. So like people know that if they try and go across, they're just going to be staying in Mexico anyway. And if their thing gets rejected, then you know, kind of what's the point. Um, and so then the Mexican government also said, committed to putting um, some troops, some Mexican army troops on the border to um, to stop uh, kind of the flow across. Now, Nancy Pelosi, the head of the uh, Democrats in the, one of the head roles, one of the she's head roles. She's, she's just she's up there in the Democrats. Um, said that Trump, quote, undermined America's preeminent leadership role in the world by recklessly threatening Mexico. Threats and temper tantrums are no way uh, to negotiate foreign policy, she said. Well, I think uh, the events may, may in fact speak for themselves. Uh, Nancy has often talked about wanting to increase border security and, and stuff. Um, Look, jealous haters be hating on the Donny. Haters gonna hate. It's hard beat. Haters gonna hate. Um, Trump tweeted out that Democrats do a lot of talking, but they achieve nothing. Um, Fair call. Probably a fair call. They don't do a lot of winning. Um, and then this is what Trump tweeted out recently. He said, Mexico has agreed to immediately begin buying large quantities of agricultural products from our great patriot farmers. Just as additional bonus. Just layers. Just layers of Extra good. cream and pudding on the, on the side. Mate, you can get whatever you want. It's like a, it's a, it's a stacked up. Or you can up, eat buffet. Or you can eat buffet. You get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Pay a little bit of taxes, you get all this. You get all of this. Yeah, all of it. Okay. Andy, do you want to tell us... Uh, I feel like... Do, do you want to say anything about that story? It's kind of like a... Look, it's not... It's, it's just, a nuts and bolts story, really. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, it, it seems as if every time we report on the Donny... Uh, it, you can sort of plan out. Dub. You can plan out how the story is going to go. It's going to be he does something a little bit unorthodox. Uses Twitter as an avenue for doing something that uh, no other president would have the cojones uh, to do. Gets a result, and then you have the jealous haters. The jealous haters trying to bring him down a peg, and then just on the side he's got another side dish of how good the uh, the plan went. And look. Gives you a dessert after the main. He just he provides ample five star meals of policy. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, even if you meals. even if you don't like the the dude, 
there's obviously an issue with border protection. He's taking proactive steps to help solve the problem, and then you still have people just hating on him and his methods of doing so. Um, we're in a new age where you can use Twitter as a way to uh, get some stuff done, which is obvious. He said this price isn't here, where you can actually do stuff now off like less traditional avenues, but it's still equally as effective. I don't understand like why the the method of using an avenue like Twitter is something that's so like is something that they think they can take shots at. Like, why would any? It why just are they confusing. going at this man's neck? He, he just doesn't hold any L's. Mm-hmm. Never. Um, okay. But yeah, that's it's, it's a nuts and bolts story, as you said. Um, well, why don't we finish this up then by... Um, well, beta males, are we saying... Beta males so are we? So we'll chuck Nancy in there as Nancy a can go as a nomination. I, I want to give it to the federal police. Yeah, I want to give it to the federal police as well. Um, setting some dangerous precedents, especially when they keep trying to grab for more power than left, right and centre. Done. AFP, yeah. AFP, you get a beta male of the week. Heard it here first. You, you damn betas. You come to my house and try to raid me, boy. Come to my house, raid me. It's See like, what? Just pull up outside the house like uh, Clint Eastwood and Gran Turismo with my double barrel shotgun. <laughs> Say, come in here, try to get something. Try, you don't want this smoke, AFP. You ain't taking my guns. <laughs> All right. And us, hit us with it. Jumping to conclusions. No, we do. Tying we- up loose ends. We don't leave no loose ends untied. We bring it back full circle. So now to the conclusion for this week, which is wood chopping is the most empowering male exercise. Okay, so first of all, it's a good exercise, right? You feel a little bit of a burn. If you're doing it in the... Hopefully you don't mess up your lower back because you can, you can mess up your back if you don't do it with the right technique. But you get a nice pump in the arms, in the shoulders. Um, so really, you're getting a good workout in. That's starting thing secondly you're in touch with nature you're doing something uh using nature for a purpose which i think is the third thing it has a practical benefit if you're having a bonfire or you're trying to cook something you need wood to do so and if you're able to provide a practical benefit while being in touch with nature and still getting a good workout in i think it is very empowering um i did it i would happily spend put hair on your chest Put how much chest lumberjack Dossie came out to play a new older ego. Um, felt look, I felt in touch with my surroundings. Looking over this beautiful lake as I was just chopping up wood, shirt off, rig out, feeling like a real big man. Uh, hope the audience can just have that imagery. Uh, it was look, it was a beautiful time. I, I was thinking, what actually rivals this in terms of exercise? I know running is something that is quite liberating, personally. Um, but it's just, you just feel so in touch with your surroundings. Um, you feel like you're doing something really productive. At the end of the day, you're helping others in regards to like warmth and stuff. You're being just a productive member of society. And it's just a, it's a fun time. It's a good time with the boys. Time. Well, I was doing it single-handedly. Um, oh, with two hands. You can judge a man by two things, his left hand and his right. It's probably my favourite VB ad ever. Um, yeah, I just think it's a... I don't think any other exercises can really compare to it on those levels, which I think are some great criteria. Okay. 
Maybe right. fishing, even though it's not really exercise, it's a hobby, it's something that's quite peaceful. So there's the, just the, the paradox of being peaceful yet almost uh, aggressive in just how the exercise is coming along. I get that. I get that. I think uh, probably jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu would rival it in the sense that uh, every time you roll, you're, you're, you're simulating a life and death scenario. Um, but you do it with love. You're not trying to hurt anybody else. Yeah. It's problem solving. It's an assertion of dominance um, as well. It's an assertion of dominance. Anyway. What are your thoughts? Do you think uh, I'm open to pass? Mate, I'd, I'd get to pass. I'm open to it. I thought you sold it pretty well. Look, it's, I think we're getting, I'm getting to the point now with conclusions that it's not just me rambling on. It's actually a decent response, which is something that's been quite rare, uh, I'd say, overall in the conclusions. But um, okay, we can finish it with that. Uh, with the wholesome energy of get it out, the get an axe, energy. get an axe, get a hammer, start chopping, start chopping. That might chop have been city. Getting chopped up in <laughs> sledgehammer city. Okay, we're gonna leave it there. Thank you for uh, thank you for being with us. Also, let us know what you think about um, like the new audio format. Uh, hopefully over the next couple of weeks and months we'll have um, we'll have some more guests on while, while we do the the wrap um, couldn't quite organize it for this week but it's something we're looking to do also um, just remember like we're going to be doing this on on the podcast and soundcloud and maybe even spotify in the future if we can yeah, um, sure. a couple other podcast avenues but um, remember to uh to to, to to see our video content go on like facebook and and youtube and and instagram as well and um, be ready for some more rogue, some more niche, uh, some more targeted video content coming from our YouTube and our Facebook because we're really looking to grow those platforms. Um, as always, if you like uh, what we're doing uh, that much and, and want to take it a step further, we've, uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month on, uh, on um, Patreon. Patreon. But we've also got some new things coming. We've got some, we're, we're looking at developing logos now. Um, I've got some fun ideas for some merch we can come out with, so you can look forward to that. Uh, and I think it'll be pretty funny and, and definitely worth uh, a couple bucks. But yeah, give it a like, give us a like, share, subscribe. Yeah, definitely hit that subscribe button on the YouTube. Smash that like button. <laughs> okay, well, you heard it here first. Um, we'll see you next week uh, and hopefully with a couple more interviews and stuff in between. So we'll see you later.